Mamacita, mamacita, qué bonita. Jerry, this is your song, no? This is all Queens right here. This is right outside. Uh, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining in to the Empire 161 show. Joining us on this Sunday evening. Uh, we got opening with Mamacita by, let's see, the Black Eyed Peas Race Soul, which is Johnny Lasagna's in, uh, out of the bullpen music. So that's who we're going with this week. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us on Facebook. If you're joining us on YouTube, Pop Culture Rules, if you're joining us on our Twitter handle, if you're joining us wherever you found your audio only podcast, we appreciate it as always. And with me is someone who has not been on the show in a little bit, or I was going to say that Lisa looks really different this week. One or the other is Jerry Schnall, my brother from another mother. Jerry, what's up, dude? What's going on? I'm great. Thanks for having me again, Eddie. Uh, tough week, obviously. So uh, I think it's your fault for having me come on during such a tough week. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I can't wait. Uh, we're still in first place, still up 10 games plus. And uh, let's talk about it. Let's, let's get to it. Yeah, we got a, a bunch of stuff to chat about. Uh, you know, I'm not the greatest... <laughs> making Yankees baseball by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, whatever. You got to take the good with the bad. You can't always go ahead and run through the week as always. Uh, but, Jerry, I think you had a little bit of an exciting week, no? We got to hang out Thursday night. That's got, right. It was, uh, Yankees were off that night, though. So Thank we were God. Watching, <laughs> watching all, it would have it ruined the mood of the, the party a little bit, no? That's true. That's true. My my wife turned a big, big number. So we all hang out on Thursday night. The baseball gods were with us because August 4th, the Yankees were off. And it was a real good time. Uh, everyone was there as far as loved ones and friends. Yeah, good time. Good time. So it was an exciting week. I celebrated a birthday, too. You did? And, uh, yeah, a little WWE SummerSlam with, you uh, with friends. You were, you were very excited at, uh, at a place in the city on 34th Street. I, you couldn't hold it, huh? It was very. I was beyond excited. It was. I was. I was yeah. through the roof. I was over the moon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, listen. Yankees yeah, went ahead and took care of business earlier that day, so I was in a good mood already, and, and just, just kept that going. That's true. That's true. Say, I, but either way, it's a good. Listen, we were celebrating your birthday, so it's always a good time. No? It was a good time, definitely. <laughs> hey, when you're in the city in New York and you got you know a few hundred people hanging out, having a good time. When it's sports entertainment, because I know you, how you feel about WWE, and uh, but also just good times in general. So, so we sure. made it. We made it through another birthday. Great time, great week. Let's Super get to it. So yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to our, our first segment of the uh, of the week, which was the Captain episodes five and six dropped on Thursday night. Um, yeah, it was pretty much uh, episode five really kind of focused a lot on Derek in general dealing with the media, which is something that we've always praised him for. Yeah. You know, it, we just, you kind of just seemed like he was a master of handling the media, saying a bunch of words, not really giving them much. We both understand it was by design, you know, and he really, I appreciated him going in in depth and how that was articulated because he didn't want it to be a distraction to the team and right. not giving quotes and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, great episode. 
one thing in general about the caption is that it makes you so inspired to watch it in general, right? Mm -hmm. It also gets you so nostalgic. There's times when you feel sad. There's times when you're just like, this was like such a once in a lifetime opportunity. It hit at a time when we were like, I mean, 17, 18 years old. So it's like unbelievable time in any person's life growing up. And, and it, it just like brought so many memories back of uh, to focus on that episode. Yeah. All by design, the media, everything. There's a lot of A-Rod. There's a lot of, a lot of winks about other players that came in and their mentality and how they, they saw the game compared to obviously the, the, the guys from the dynasty from 96 on. So mm -hmm. yeah, I learned, I learned a little bit. I didn't think I was going to learn too much with the captain, but I did learn a little bit. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think we, you know, we were following them on a daily basis. Both of us are fans who are, like, really in tune with it. And I, I agree with you, though. Before the series came out, you're kind of like, all right, what am I really going to learn about this that I don't already know? But right. what you do learn is that the behind-the-scenes access that director Randy Wilkins and his team had, that's when you could really get the meat and potatoes behind you know, the stuff that we didn't have access to. And yes. that it was very interesting. A lot of it being that it also focused on the era after the dynasty, which was the 2000s, which was a weird time for the Yankees because they still went to the 01 World Series. We went to the 03 World Series after beating the Red Sox in that phenomenal ALCS in 2003. Yeah. And then it was, I still describe as like the hiccup afterwards. You were almost like that felt like it was... Godzilla versus King Kong battle to the death and everything like that. And you're like, Oh, wait a second. There's another one. You have to yeah. play one more. And we, yeah. I mean, I know I recall, I still remembered. I was like, Oh, obviously we got this. It's the Marlins, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And then you're like, Oh shit. We lost. Yeah. What the Game hell was set. that? Josh yeah, what the heck was that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I learned uh, for sure, when you, touching on what you talked about in 2000, as of 2003 and those weird, weird years in between was I knew that Tori was being scrutinized. That was pretty clear, especially towards the end, how things yeah. were kind of, you know, seeping out that it was like the old guard and Don Zimmer and Joe Tory and of course, Cashman and his analytics. And what I learned, I couldn't believe in 2004 uh, that there were guys that didn't know how to bunt. So in the shilling game, I don't, I don't care what they say. Oh, you don't do that. No, no. You're playing the Red Sox. It's game six. And we got a chance to get to the World Series. You do not, not bunt when you could expose the bloody sock and the cut and this and that. Yeah. So Tori just said, I didn't call. I just didn't do it. It's embarrassing. And you know how I feel about Joe. No, I know. Yeah. Um, but, but to not have guys that knew how to bunt and to, for Jeter to actually say like, you know, I'm ready to bunt, and I just don't know if the other guys did know how to bunt. I don't know if that goes on the captain, you know, because there's a role that a captain has, and I don't know if it's to make sure that guys know how to bunt, but that's a big game right there. And to not be able to tap anyone on the shoulder on the team and get something going, especially when we're not hitting, you got uh, weird home runs happening, getting pulled by the storm, and, you know, and chilling bleep bellhorn. Yeah, I mean, I was at that game. And that ball had no business getting out. I mean, it literally was taken by the wind. 
So there were some things where that's interesting that that the, the team wasn't one hundred percent prepared to take it to him, for sure. And uh, so that's one thing I learned right there. I don't know about. Do you have any other takeaways from from that weird time? Well, I think the well, since you're talking, all right, we, let's focus on the old four World Series. I mean, ALCS because that's that was a big thing to? there. Do we have to? I mean. It sucks. It was weird reliving. I was yelling at the screen again as if it was live. My wife was like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you yelling? <laughs> I was yelling. It's it, it just, it's it's definitely number two for me in like tough, tough, hard losses compared to, to 1995. 95 was the worst. And, uh, but 2004, looking at that again, it, I think it's even worse now than, than 2001. Because that was just a tough year for New York. But we won every game in new york it was almost like we took a beating new york but the yankees were there when they were in new york yeah 2004 was just i mean up three zero and then to lose like we did and to find out that guys weren't prepared and they were individualistic in their mindset and they didn't know how to bunt and their pros uh that's a tough one to swallow just saying no no well yeah. i think i i agree with you in the fact that it's definitely up there and it's it's reliving it and i think that's what the captain does a great job of uh, yeah. bringing you right back to that time <clears throat> and you know like you're saying you were yelling at the tv and everything like that and i kind of felt like the i started the emotions of watching it live started dialing back for me even when they were focusing on 03 i was telling angie how me and your father and danny were watching it in the men of mice and everything like that. the ghost yeah. say the ghost of i mentioned the three and yeah, bang yeah. the book falls down um the, go the 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 bambino the, the curse of the bambino lasted 86 years Yes. Because of the old term, you're 86 when they 86 him. So he 86 <laughs> them, and then 2004, they they won. That's yeah, no, but it does maybe. do a good job at taking you right back to it. And you're right, the, the whole not bunting on Schilling with the bloody soccer, they knew about Apparently, they knew about the injury. They said that they did. Of and course. Jeter being the only guy in that offensive. I mean, the 04 Yankees, they were a juggernaut, right? Like me and you joked about over the years. It felt like we were down four nothing every game, and all of a sudden, like that. Don't worry about it. We got this, and they would come yeah. back most of the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Not a game you want to play. I still stand by the fact that I think that they lost in the end because when the season was on the line for Game Seven, they had Javier Vasquez on the mound and got completely annihilated. That was not yeah. a championship rotation by any stretch of the imagination. They were right. slugging their way to where they got to, not making excuses. You still got to find a way to close out. I don't know, a 3-0 lead in a series. But yeah. to me, it's just very telling of when you got to game seven, what you had. You went to you went to go to your rotation and nothing was there. And you got yeah. annihilated. And yeah. you're right, though. Being unprepared and Jeter being the only one who would lay down a bunt, really, and go after him, you had to. In the first inning, there should have been some of that. You should have went after Schilling. No mercy. And they didn't. And they paid Good. for it. They paid for it severely. Yep, yep. And they still had a chance to win that game. And then yes. Tony Clark, yes. nice swing, really good for softball for that swing at that time on that night. But that ball was right there. I mean, he has the power. I, I, anyway. Tony Clark, another one, though, hits that double in Fenway. I know. And it just go, it just goes in and somehow yep. and it goes over the wall. And mm -hmm. when they went back on it, we're showing how many weird things kept on happening. It was the Bambino. I mean, he did love Bo he did love Boston. I mean, it wasn't like you know, he, they just eighty six them, so he eighty six them, and then that was it. You know, ran it was, out. It was a time frame on the curse, and that's it. So, but the captain in general, you know, 
episodes five and six will focus on it, but it, it shows how he is one of the best of all time. And, and just, just did it in the most elegant, quiet way where it, it led him to be scrutinized as like this overrated player of some sort because he only batted 315 with 21 home runs and 85 RBIs. But the intangibles, it does a great job, this documentary, on showcasing how immensely impactful having a player with those intangibles are. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid 4-2 player that does it four tools plus. And mindset, I, I mean, we don't give a, a, a tool for that, but probably the greatest tool to, to just never really get hurt. It's unbelievable how great he was. And and I was one of those people, admittedly so. That said, come on, if a was playing shortstop, we still win those World Series. He's just as, I mean, he's good. Jeter's great, but come on, come on. And no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong on, on that on that end that it's not guaranteed. Even if he hits 45 home runs and bets 330 with 140 RBIs, which Aaron could have done mm-hmm. during the Tic Tac times uh, when he was playing with Texas and and beyond. So, uh, but yeah, someone like Jeter, leader like that, it's uh, it's priceless. So I, I feel it's something that um, there are there are fans who aren't Yankee fans who don't watch him on a they didn't get a chance to watch him on a daily basis. They just look at the numbers. Yep. And that's it. And don't get me wrong. I remember, remember we used to talk about him during the career, and it always, to me, it almost felt like his numbers at the end caught up to his reputation as yep. it was going on. It was oh, very yeah. strange. There's not many players I can really think of that that, have, that plays out like that. But yeah. sure, now you look back at his numbers, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, he like, could have had 4,000 hits if it wasn't for that opening day where he slid in and, you know, in dislocated Toronto. His, sho- yeah. his Toronto on opening day and dislocated his shoulder. And then that whole watch season, you know, which was uh 13. 2013, yeah. Yeah. So what if he has another 200 hits there? We're talking getting close to 4,000 hits. I mean, now it's, it's just a very few amount of players that even like, not even dream. You don't even dream about that. That's something that's almost unattainable over 4,000 hits. So, um, you know, but he still has all these crazy stats. When you combine an actual, like you said, stats for longevity, it's undeniable. He's he's a top 10 baseball player of all time. And I debate anyone that comes forth and throws out Ted Williams, Ty Cobb, blah, 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 like, no, nah. he's he's up there with, with the top 10 of all time and playing shortstop for the entire time of his career with all the championships and and don't even get me started on the mindset. Can't be compared. Like, oh yeah, no. Yeah. It was pretty much like you had to kill me to beat me, and he... magic and had the magic had that game yeah, magic, unexplainable. Just you know, just something we come to expect. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually completely have forgot for a second. Like his 2012 was ridiculous. He had over awesome. 200 hits that season. That was like his last, like, yeah, you know, great season that he had. And they also they went back to 06 when we both felt he got – most people feel like he got robbed of an MVP that year. Sure, sure. Because, yeah, because, I mean, come on, Justin Morneau, not even the MVP of his own team, probably should have right. been – If Joe Maurer would have won the MVP, I almost would have been more like, okay. Yeah. Accepting yeah. of it. I, Justin, I agree Justin with Moore, that. Justin Morneau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing that they focused on in these two episodes was uh, while they talked to Wally Matthews saying that Derek was almost like not 
colored at all, like no no race at all or anything like that. He had yeah. some weird comment like that. And I thought it was interesting how they left that in. And then Jeter and everyone else were like, What are you talking about? Who I thought it was a, I thought it was important to leave that in. I agree, because it was almost yeah. like a back and forth discussion yeah. versus just kind of like showing one side of it. Well well here's uh, we could talk about it. Yeah, you know, sure. it, it's it's an issue that I think if we're all honest with ourselves, what 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 I felt like he was trying to say was that Jeter presented himself like this like old school baseball traditionalist, you know. And yeah. if you go back to the 18, 1900s and when for the old Gipper, you know, it's like he's wearing his uniform and he's like, you know, Mr. T, let's play too. You know, he had that kind of like perfect perfect kind of demeanor right mm-hmm. um and then you know he let he showed his hand a little bit and saying that he wasn't maybe like you know a more flashier or type of player that you know for example um you know like what what if the yankees captain had a mentality like i don't know like a sheffield or or like you know like an ernie banks like it's like i think it was just his perception of like he he seems to present himself in such a like baseball perfect way but then at the same time there's that flashier side that talks a little crap that you know gets a little bit the down and dirty that might wear some change or this or that and he's categorizing right there and yeah i mean i could see how jesus family gets offended and everything you know what does that even mean what is it why does it have to be one or the other so it kind of goes into the into the mindset of just america and then there was some journalists that talked about it like, why are we doing that? Why are we, you know, saying, oh, that's their type of baseball? Or, no. oh, yeah, he's from Puerto Rico. Or he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, African-American or, you know, Latinx or this or that. Like, all these different things that everybody has to tiptoe around. But it's true. Like, we're getting closer. We're together in the, in regards to how, you know, we are as a people and, and, and inclusion, which makes it more like these type of comments are, like, now validly so being questioned. Like, why do we have to have it to be one or the other? It's almost like when you go to a party, you know, hey, nice to meet you. Like, what do you do? Oh, where are you from? <laughs> oh, like, where are you yeah. from? And I'm like, where am I from? Let's see, Earth, Earth. I am from planet. Earth. That should be, that's Earth. how we answer from now and, on. And so are you. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I think the next generation is going to have five, six, maybe even seven nationalities, that, especially here in New York and the big cities. After a while, it's like, where are you from? Like, do you have 25 minutes to, like, talk about where I'm from? Like actually yeah. like my 23 and me and everything. So <laughs> this whole like putting things in a box and you know, what's, you know, what's better, what's better, you know, this is, you know, this, these, these, this group of player, they, they play faster. This group of players, they, they're more powerful, you know, whatever it might be, it's, it's all going out the window. And for that matter, I think, you know, other sports too, which, which is good to see. So yeah. I, th- I think it's good. They left it in there because there is that mindset sometimes. Yeah. Tim is dropping yeah. in a comment here. Jeter's yeah. responses to all the stupid reporter statements was hilarious. Had me laughing out loud. So did his parents and sister's responses. Yeah, they were just kind of like shutting it down. Because the interesting thing was that Wally Matthews starts talking about how yeah. he couldn't ask Jeter anything about that stuff. He never, no one would ever go there. But right. then he still forms a response about it. And then he was just like, dude, if you if you never asked me about it, how are you forming an answer to it? A question you've never answered, asked me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I'm like, that wait, what? And so, you know, I, I have to have to say something here too. Like, without tiptoeing around it, 
also there there is like a sort of like old school baseball mind like he might be right he didn't say the right things possibly you know he didn't say the right things but like when jackie robinson came right that was like a new like a different form of baseball that's just blowing mm-hmm. open the gates it, so it's like that's something that is exciting that's something that's great and at and at the same time jeter being who he is like it's true why does he have to be one or the other you know and in fact i thought if you look at it he brought both I mean, there was a lot of flair that obviously, you know, he was toast of the town. And and on top of that, he has this incredible like way of just knowing exactly what to do at the right time from being a rookie, which was unbelievable, you know, with reporters, with playing the game, with leading the team. When they called, when they named the captain, Joe Torrey said they could have done it three or four years ago. He was basically the captain anyway. Yeah, we kind you of know, assumed so, he was. So it's like he adopted both forms of the game, you know, which started in the 1940s, 50s, like it, like that. That's what the game needed forever. Was mm-hmm. was that like that type of, of of play? So you know, a really great representative. Um, you know, obviously, you love the, the the Last Dance, but I love baseball. I love basketball <laughs> too. This blows it away. It's really done well. It's really done well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be hard for me to compare compare this in the last dance. I th- I can see the similarities in style and stuff. I mean, like you that. Got, if you love Jordan, I, yes, if you love Jordan, I think if you just love '90s basketball in general, the last dance, whether you hated the Bulls or not, it does it does the same thing where it brings you mentally right back to that time between the music and the cuts and the stories and things like that. So right. I think this does a great job of bringing you back to the time period, which is they do cross over time periods. At least in the beginning part, in the late nineties. Right, right, right. So, I, I do appreciate the style of it, especially with right. the filmmaking aspect. I think Randy right. does, you know, a great job at, at capturing that between the music and the interviews and things like that. Um, right. Another thing that I think that they touched on and is more in episode six was Jeter's last contract, <laughs> which is the Yankees, and then it was. I thought it, I found it very fascinating how they talked to Jorge. They mm-hmm. talked to Bernie Williams. Mm-hmm. And then we know how they were kind of like unceremoniously like dispatched. Yep. And they were no longer good. And that's the thing is that's always a tough thing for, I think, a lot of franchises to handle. Because the reality is, yes, a lot of players will not be able to sustain that level of play until the very end. Like that's really tough to do. And the, right. the conversation with Brian Cashman – him, the whole him and Jeter thing, I thought was really, really interesting because we've heard stories about oh, Jeter and Cashman are going at yeah. it, they hate each other, blah blah blah. But then right. in this though, they kind of talk about it, and Jeter admits, you know, he didn't like the way it was approached, but he explained it. And apparently, none of the scouts and stuff wanted to approach him. They didn't have kind of like sorry to say, but the balls to do it to right. go and approach the the guy and tell him this is what we're finding out. This is what our analytics or numbers are telling us and Cashman was the only one who had the stones to do it to say dude listen you got to work on your range if you're going to stay at shortstop until the end and he did he went out and changed his whole workout regiment to you know right. work on speed and work on flexibility and things like that right and he did there was an improvement in, in his play unfortunately you yeah. know 2013 happened and he didn't get to go in and, and finish that whole contract out until the end and right. you know we, we got because a lot of times you would have seen guys move to second or bump down in the lineup and that didn't that never happened with cheater 
Some try to paint yeah. it as selfish. In this, it was just like, no, not really, because he kind of just he kept hitting and was serviceable, you know, mostly to the end. I'm not saying 99-06 Jeter was in 2014. That would be crazy yeah. to insinuate. But, you know, he was. I don't think he was hurting the team at all. And they had that conversation, Hanley Ramirez. Troy Tulowitzki was brought up at that time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good move. I didn't get to Troy uh, over, over Derek Jeter. Uh, but um, it, it's, a, it's a great convo because Ozzie Smith, I read a few things about Ozzie Smith, the shortstop, end of the career, they could, from, from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I don't know exact, but they couldn't wait for him to give the word, I'm retiring. Because they respected him so much. He had so much love being the wizard. His game was just, talk about flashy. It was unbelievable. Like he just brought something that maybe was never seen before, especially at shortstop. You know, that type of defense was incredible. Uh, Jeter, who am I to say, right? But I'm a, I'm a shortstop that might have lost a step. And I have no problem going up to the manager and saying, do what you got to do to win. And if the analytics are saying I'm costing games or if it's overblown, let's talk about it, have a mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, so Jeter reacted to it. The lineup thing, I remember us having conversations about that. We did. A true captain, you know, he was really pounding the ball, you know, shortstop third, shortstop third, shortstop third, a lot of two hoppers, easy plays. Uh, it's tough to say when you're a competitor like that, two sides, right? You're a competitor like that and – you know you're going to get better, right, within two weeks. But then in that two weeks, it doesn't really happen so much. You know, do you do what it takes just to win and just say, you know what, like, I'm not going to ask for a day off, but, you know, this guy's really hot. Maybe we need a little spark or whatever it might be. I mean, we made the playoffs. We did what we had to do. Um, but still, I don't know. That, that's a tough call. That's a tough call because a true leader knows their limitations. Yeah. And – you know, he didn't have a great year and everything, but you know, but in G- true Jeter fashion, he ends it the right way with you know, winning, yeah. you know, going five for five, and <laughs> a game that we were at as well, uh, winning the game and and doing everything. You know, I mean, storybook fashion, three thousand hit, winning the game at Yankee Stadium in his last game, going five for five. I mean, it's it's magic. It's it's, it's almost like it, we talk about the baseball gods; they just bestow this this extra strength that you, that you deserve after putting in 15, 20, 25 years, some people, and then they give you that, they give you that big moment for your 3000 hit that world series game, whatever it might be, because you deserve it or something like that. But obviously it's more preparation, I'm sure, but still, it it just seems like magic. I got to say, it seems like magic. I mean, crazy stuff that, that happened to him, like the shoulder thing, the ankle thing, that could happen in those big games, but for him, no, it, it, it always seems to be Yankee magic. So, um, well, Kay coined the phrase, right? We were yeah. at the game, but didn't hear, but his call for Jeter's final hit yeah. was like Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Yeah. Was there ever a doubt? You're like, that's right. You kind of nailed it with that. I, mean, I really hope that they share that stat that we talk about. And I think that we're right with the, those five stats because it, those five stats, which, you know, kind of took me that by surprise too when we talked about it on a way home one day in a car where the uh, name of player, like for example, let's start from the beginning. You're an owner, 
and you're an owner, right? And you want to you want a player for longevity for 20 years. Okay. Now, if I tell you there's a player that's going to have, and correct me if I'm wrong on the stats, a lifetime average of 300, mm -hmm. accomplished 3,000 hits, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 500 doubles. Yeah. 300 steals. Yes. And the last one was over 250 homers. Yeah, I think you nailed it, actually. I, right. I'm not, not going to cheat and look it up. I think you nailed it. Right. But those five, those five to give you for you and your franchise, and by the way, incredible mindset, incredible leadership, always does what's right. And you tell me, where would you rank that player? I think everybody would say, like, I take it in a heartbeat, and that's got to be one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. And I would, you know, we would argue you're right. Because, as you know, Ed, two other guys are. Who are they? Uh, you shoot. remember? I actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't recall. Stay hey kid. Like... Stay hey kid. Was it Willie Mays? Uh... And the Cobra, Milwaukee, Toronto, unassuming, small market, hit. You could sleep and hit. Not Robin Yao. Oh, Paul Waller. Of course, right. So. Those two are the guys that joined Jeter in that incredible, you know, five stats. And then I'd say if you want to go further, let's do a six stat, which most people feel is probably the most important stat in hitting, and that's on base percentage over 370. Oh, for sure. So now out of those three, there's only two with that six category, all five plus the 370 on base percentage lifetime and above. And the only two are Willie Mays and Derek Jeter. That's it. I mean, if that's not is that not, is that if that's not a top ten player of all time. Then what is? You're you're literally the only one with really amazed with those six stats in a lifetime. Yeah, and and you're a champion, by the way, like a real like. Yeah, and that goes back mindset. to a couple. Yeah, that yeah. goes back to a couple episodes ago when we were talking about between him and A Rod. I mean, Jeter was like, "There's no illusions." Obviously, this guy's putting up ridiculous numbers and stuff right. like that. He's like, "Well, I go by who won more." Right. That's he it. won more. That's it. So. Just. Yeah, so so anyway, I just hope they talk about that because it's not that hard for these. You know, everyone like loves to crunch these analytics. Everyone loves to be like, you know, getting involved. How come that's never mentioned? Unless we're wrong about those five stat, you know, those five stats and then that six stat. I gotta look that. I don't up think again. we are. I don't think we are because we went through everybody. We went through. No, no, we're not. I don't think we're wrong by that. I just wonder since we yeah. we found that because it was in a trivia question. Around Regina, around 2014, it became a trivia question. I, I just wonder if that question, stays the you same. You heard it somewhere. I think you heard it on the air somewhere, maybe. Maybe it was some, the fact I, that it was somewhere. Things go viral. The fact, the fact that that didn't go viral during this documentary and his retirement is is really surprising to me because I think that puts into context with the championships and those six stats lifetime mm -hmm. that put him definitely as a greatest shortstop of all time. And I always thought the defense thing was a little bit overblown. I know the analytics said this or that, but he made the plays. Couldn't get to a few towards the end of his career, but come on. Jeter didn't who, who hurt does? us. Yeah, who does? And Jeter couldn't hurt. He did not hurt us. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely no not. That's, that's usually like a haters thing. Yeah, That comes no. raining down. And that, 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 rain, that rain, especially towards the end of his career. I mean, yeah. that's to a point where it's like, he's not good at shorts. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. How can you say, oh, the analytics say this? And, and like, yeah, and this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Forget it. During those years, we'd be at a bar in a happy hour. And we're hearing people yap, and within the first five minutes, it, they, the majority of people don't know what they're talking about. Simple as that. 
especially sure. when it comes to like the body of baseball. Let's let's be honest. It's yeah. hard to it's a hard game to understand. We all know a thimble, and we're lucky to know that much. I mean, <laughs> come on, especially on a pro level, really. That's fair. All right, so we'll see uh, the yeah. finale this Thursday with the drops episode seven. It's, it's the sad. last one. It's sad. It's a finale. You don't want it to end. And you know it is sad too because you, <laughs> it's almost like you kind of like, oh my god, that was such a great time. That was so like once in a lifetime maybe because. We're going to segue into what we're dealing with here since 2009. And it makes you sad when you watch it. It makes you happy. It makes you inspired. It does all these things, which I think that's what's great about the documentary. It gives you so many different feelings and and they're real feelings because you lived them and were so involved in it. And then it makes you sad with what's going on currently, even though the Yankees are in first place and doing well. (laughs) It still makes you sad because there's things that I see that we're lacking. Sorry, Ed. Well, yeah. it's all right. We'll get into that yeah. in a yeah, second. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, but you bring up the yeah the 09 Yankees were touched on in the in episode six, and that was a super, a really really fun team. Yeah, that came along like they kind of did need a jolt. Came and DC and yeah. AJ, Nick Swisher, Mark Teixeira were brought in to go ahead with the yeah. you know the it's true they were an aging core group that was there. And you kind of wondered if that was, I mean, turned out it was their last championship, even though they did mm-hmm. go to two ALCS after that. No more um, World Series, though. No more World Series. Mm. But two more, it's not like they fell off a cliff after that, were never to be heard from again. They did go to the ALCS in 2010. They lost to Texas. And the 2012 ALCS, when Jeter broke his ankle against the Tigers, that was, it was insane. Like, it's true. Awful. I was I was at that game when it happened, and you kind of yeah. felt like the series it oddly ended in that moment. It Ridiculous. was just so much shock, and then to get swept, like it was yeah. over. I mean, yeah, it literally was. It yeah. literally was. Yeah, I think it goes to show you how how important uh, he was as a leader, as a player, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, to yeah. lose to lose even him the captain at towards the end of his career in 2012 to lose him after the year that he put up everything. It just, it just, they crushed the team kind of reminds me of, and, and it's not to be compared at all. How I, I look at, obviously you were, we were born in 79, right? And we're like, Oh man, 76, they went to the world series. I missed it. 77. They won the world series. 78, they won the world series. It's like, what happened in 79? And we all know what happened because this is the week that we celebrated it. With um with Thurman Munson, you know, obviously not to be compared with Jeter breaking his no. ankle, but at the same time, when you lose that leader, it 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 just it's unbelievable what it does to a team. So clearly, I think it was a fourth place finish in '79. They didn't get back to the World Series until '81. It, it was like catastrophic beyond, and you know, I, we still celebrate that every the first week of August with with Thurman, and it's just you know it's unbelievable that, that even happened and. I always remember the back and forth with Reggie Jackson and how Reggie Jackson and right field is just crying his eyes out. And he's just, you know, that just brings it all home. And then obviously uh, Mercer hitting that big hit and everything. But yeah, you lose your leader, you lose your captain, team could be lost right away. So um, Jeter retired in 2014. It hasn't been so rosy since then, Eddie. It hasn't, but they've had they've had a couple of good years since then. Not quite where they, you know, we expect them to be, but right, you know, there there was there. It's not. It hasn't been. Listen, it's not get crazy. We we 
even though we were kids, it was 1990. No, I remember. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, okay. So I remember. I remember. You know, calendar day. 90, as a kid. 91, Yes. <laughs> calendar day as a kid. You know, pride and power. The 1989 Yankees, and like, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is the year. It's gonna happen. Yeah, we're gonna win. Like, we're gonna be a new dynasty. And then, you know, 80, you know, late 80s into the 90s didn't work out so well. It was some real dark years. So, oh yeah, very appreciative of. Exactly. Uh, of competitive baseball, but put things into perspective. Yeah, but it's getting to a. All right, well, let's let's transition. It's rough, yeah, it's it's a rough time right now. Let, let's transition into yeah. the current day. Rough era, let's say. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's, let's go into the let's transition into the trade deadline that passed on Tuesday, where oh, the Yanks had made some moves. Mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Benintendi was uh, was traded for fire too. We talked about him on last week's show. So there is that. Uh, mm -hmm. So Yanks going ahead and addressing the left field situation. We're also thankful, mm. thankfully able to unload Joey Gallo onto the Dodgers. Who listen? They got a double A pitcher who's now the tenth ranked Yankees prospect in their system after the trades, obviously, because they re ranked the it. prospects. Listen, you take a cup of coffee that might not even be yeah. hot. You take Gatorade that's like piss warm at this point. You just look wow. at it. Move. It's true. Yeah. You're looking to move Gallo at that point because it just wasn't working. At that point, it, at the point where he was, at if you're at the stadium, if you're at home, it doesn't even it's not even right to boo anymore. Because you kind of feel bad. You kind of feel bad after a while. Like this, no, this is getting to a point where we. It looked like we'll never know for sure mm -hmm. that his mental health was at stake. In the dugout with you know, i'm not going to impersonate him but like making these crazy eye yeah. movements like he was hitting his head once like checking for something I, I don't know what and and then in the outfield he's like he just looks like his mental health was being completely affected and you boo as a fan because it's like you want to give him a kick in the ass and like come on let's go you know new york's tough but like you got to be tough this is part of it yeah. that's what it is and trust me in the playoffs it's going to get tougher that's part of like booing and letting them know how you feel in a decent way you know obviously yeah. right so with him after a while i i just didn't boo anymore i i just sat at home i was just like I feel bad for this guy he's in the 150s now i mean at what point at the many at bats and you're in the 150s and you your guy hit 40 home runs right he hit 40. at this point just just let him go cut him loose and that's it and he's not even the guy i know we talk about the guy of the team that you know you don't even want to look at and he was, he's the he guy for you it was the guy but for me it was almost like i i don't even know what to say about it <laughs> there's no way someone that has that potential goes down that much is okay right here you know new york got to him most likely and that's it you know we're lucky that we got a pitcher very well, i know I, I was, that I was, was just move. happy they got anything yeah that was that was a good, was a good right move right there so mm -hmm. they addressed a lot of people ben intendi who has not really gotten to go, and he's had a, he had a good day earlier today. But honestly, right. he's been in a pretty bad slump since. But it's a good pickup. It is a good pickup. We both know we were familiar with Ben Intendi. We know we're confident that he's going to pick it up at some point and, and get going. We'll see what happens yeah. moving forward because he's twenty eight years old. So twenty years old, uh, hits for average, little power. I think he doesn't strike out. Doesn't strike out. He's hitting like you know that mid teens, fifteen to twenty homer, you know range yeah, one yeah. year. Um, He's definitely uh, he's definitely fast, first to third, score from second, and majority of, of plays. 
and has good defense. So you're looking at if he, in a little power in Yankee Stadium, maybe a four-tool player, which is huge because obviously we have outfielders on the team that are only like two tools you know, that hit bombs, but they can't really do anything else. So to have Benintendi is a breath of fresh air from this Yankee fan. We have some that have one tool. Yeah, Zero tool. one tool. Yeah, there's some that, you know, there's some people making 30 plus million that have two tools. You know, they can't stay on the field. But let's not go there. Let's talk about Benintendi being a four-tool player. I expect more power. Hopefully there's a leader on the team like Derek Jeter that could, you know, put his arm around him and say, let's have some fun in New York. Just be yourself. And uh, and he gets it going for us. But I think it's a great pickup. Yeah, no, I like the Benintendi yeah. pickup. Um, the other pickups they addressed was we talked about, oh, I we not me and you. Lisa and I had talked about last week. It was the bullpen. They picked up Scott Efros from the uh, Chicago Cubs, who was everyone expected once Robertson got traded because we, right. we talked about Robertson as being a potential trade target. And right. they figured once he got moved, because he did get traded to the Phillies, that Efros yeah. was going to be their next closer. And then Efros gets traded, who's also young and under team control for a very long time. Um, right. And today's maybe not the day to so talk about him being great because he did give up a big homer earlier today. Right. Not to bury, you know, what we're going to talk about later. But I like what I've seen from the kid. I can see what they see from him. He does got a nasty breaking ball. Doesn't exactly light up the radar gun, but he seems to have that nasty movement, kind of like that Jeff Nelson type sidewinding slider to go ahead. Very yeah. effective against lefties, which is also – it is odd to me that a guy like that is more effective against lefties than righties. I thought that's a little bit strange, but even though he's effective against both. But I, kinda, movement, I expected the splits to be the other way around. Uh, yeah. So I do like that move. Again, not giving up too much there. Uh, they also made a trade with the Oakland A's, picking up Frankie Montas, who had pitched earlier today, uh, who was dealing with some shoulder inflammation a couple of weeks ago. He's mm. working his way back. Uh, yeah, again, today not exactly the best day to to prop up Frankie Montas, but they had picked him up along with uh, Lou Trevino, who was their closer a couple of years ago. Uh, Trevino has made a couple of appearances already, and actually, to me, yeah. at least with his with the Yankees, they had to do it. Yeah, he was horrible. Listen, he was horrible with, with Oakland this year. Not sugarcoating yeah. that shit. His number's on the bottom of the screen. But we've both seen him. We're familiar with him. He can be effective. You had to get bullpen arms with losing Chad Green and shoot, losing Michael King. And Chapman's looking better, but you don't trust-ish. Yeah. Yeah. You had to get more bullpen guys because it, it appears that in the farm system right now, they're not trusting guys to bring him up for the bullpen. So they need pros. You know, so these guys are pros. You have to do it. Aaron Boone, the analytics of the Yankees, and a lot of other teams, they're going to blow out their bullpen because yeah. our pitchers do not go most likely into the sixth, seventh, forget about eighth inning. That's like that's like another – that's a fantasy land these days. So, um, you know, I, I look at today. Like, it was Wainwright's game, and – you got Michael Kay and, you know, these guys talking. Like, I can't believe the bullpen's not coming. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, why is it ridiculous? Why? Because there's some men in scoring position and it's the fifth inning. You know, four what runs it? already, though. Yeah, but it's still his game. And guess what? If he can get through that inning, that's another inning that the bullpen's not being taxed. So I know the analytics say this, that, whatever, but got the guy out. That's Adam Wainwright. He's throwing 88, 89, you know, pinpoints his accuracy and all that. There's no reason why we have to constantly just have the computer spit out the information and do it. And that's what it seems like happens a lot. So we had to get arms because 
we're going to blow out our arms. Uh, and I'm still worried about that. It's only tomorrow's August 8th and we're going to continue to blow out arm after arm after arm. And what happens because I'm not going to predict anything. We have no crystal ball, but wouldn't be surprised if here we are again in Yankee stadium on at game six or Houston at game six or seven. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Bullpen, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and the bullpen's taxed. And you got you got Houston that lineup and what they love to do to us. That's something that really feels clear in my mind that that's going to happen. That we're going to be watching Game Six or Seven. Hopefully, it doesn't even go that far. We could knock them out early, but Game Six or Seven is probably going to be against Houston, and yeah. the bullpen needs to be on point. They can't be question marks. So the so the arms had had to be had to be had to be uh, brought in. So obviously, you know, good moves. I don't know what else was out there, what we could have gotten, or what's in the farm system, but we're gonna keep having to get arms because the bullpen's looking a little shaky right now. Yeah, no, I think they're the pitching staff in general right now, honestly, outside yeah. of like Nestor, which we'll, we'll get into on our next segment for the week, yeah. aren't isn't exactly looking too great. But the other right. trade that I think had a lot of people kind of scratching our heads or divided was one that happened at pretty much at the buzzer at six o'clock on Tuesday was the Yankees that traded Jordan Montgomery to uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. They needed a left-handed starter badly. They picked up Jose Quintana. Then they also got Jordan Montgomery the Harrison yep. Bader, who's currently dealing with plantar fasciitis, which is by no stretch of the imagination. You know, it's not that it's, it hurts a lot, but it's not that serious. He'll be right. back and he'll be back in September. Uh, but a gold glove winning center fielder, and that's something that I think that the Yankees have stressed a lot. They have stressed it, since the offseason, you know, when they made the Josh Donaldson and IKF trade for Sanchez and Gio Urshela, they right. have stressed defense. We both know their defense the last couple of years has been slacking. It's gotten much better this season, and they're continuing especially to, to be strong up the middle with getting, you know, Jose Trevino behind the plate, IKF, and then center field. And they're just realizing that you can't run Judge out there, but Bobby, because of his size, he plays a great center field, but he will need to get some days, you know, maybe some right field mix and match in that. And they don't trust Aaron Hicks to hmm. play center field that much. They don't trust right. Aaron Hicks. Listen, me and you don't. Why? He's just not very good anymore, man. It's just yeah. what it is. Let's yeah. be honest. And they don't. So I think this move is more of a playoff move long-term move. I'm not saying I think that – I think this is more to wait and see what happens. I like Jordan okay. Montgomery. I've talked about him every week. I really like him. I think he's a good middle to back at the end of the rotation starter. That's what he is. I'm not going to confuse him with Sandy Koufax. I'm not going to confuse mm-hmm. him with Andy Pettit or, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that or David Wells or something. But I did I did like him. I thought he brought a lot of good things to the Yanks. Right. But Bader is more wait and see because, yes, he's on the aisle right now. And but they were Boone and Cashman have been talking about him like he's gonna be their center fielder next year, which is also kind of a smack to Hicks. Be like, dude, you've had your chance, right? Enough. Yeah, um, yeah. Bader was on my fantasy team. Picked him up when I, when I was uh, when I was playing, and I thought he was good. I thought he was really good when he first came up. And then looking at his stats, he, he fell off a cliff. Um, he hasn't played a full season. I don't think he's ever logged in 150 games, which is a problem. Um, you have your stats. You have the stats down there. Well, that's uh, this year's stats. The, the, yeah. On the bottom of the well, this year, ma- this year matters a lot. Oh, it does. Yeah, and the three hundred three on base percentage, uh, two fifty six average. All 
five home runs, 21 RBIs, you know, okay, the gold glove, fine. Uh, so in all, if you, if you look at the stats, it's, it's not, they're, they're not pretty. If you look at the last three years, you know, mm-hmm. to, to give away a lefty that keeps you in the game, but is a really good, he's a good lefty. He's good. Oh, he is. He is. He's good. And pitching goes down real quick. Sevy went down. Nestor Cortez is a big question mark. If he could even log in this many innings, he drops down a lot. There's times um, it looks like from my, my standpoint, he even crosses over when he steps, he doesn't like have like a straight line to the plate. So he's going over, which is, you know, more like an elbow, you know, strain, but he does that on certain pitches. He's not like Dontrell Willis, where it was almost predictable. He was going to get hurt. So I'm not saying that anything's going to happen to Nestor, but that's a question mark. And you give away Jordan Montgomery. It's, I don't know if I love it anymore. I, I have to say no for now. And the reason why is because the lefty is Yankee stadium. He's young. It's not mm-hmm. like he's old. No. And and for Bader for just the defense, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was worth it. I really don't. Right now, we'll see how great he is on defense. But I'll tell you what. I hope he doesn't New York pressure and all that. I hope he doesn't like need to get going with the defense and like need yeah. to feel good and feel comfortable um, because the stats just aren't there. It's just you know, Aaron Hicks could do that. Aaron Hicks would bat two fifty with five home runs and a three on three on base. So, um, you know, I don't know about that. And, you know, let's be honest, you know, you're not going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. They know, and any Yankee fan uh, that's thinking objectively, Eddie, knows that that Stanton can't go out and play the outfield. So he's he's going to, but you can't roll out that $30 million man, you know, every game and say, Lock it in, lock, stock, and barrel. He's going to play left field, right field, whatever it is. We can platoon. We can get this guy off. He's going – the more that contract goes, the more he's going to DH, and the more they're going to need outfielders. So you can chalk that up to having to think about that too. Definitely, in my mind, because he's not going to be an outfielder that's really an outfielder. You're going to have to get guys like Bader and Benintendi and Judge will be out there and Hicks will be out there and Hicks is injury prone. So, unfortunately, the front office has to deal with this now. And Hicks could get hurt at any time, and Stan could get hurt at any time. So, thus, we get the Harrison-Bader trade along with you know, the idea that this is the playoffs. We're not going to really use him, which is BS, because he would have went to the bullpen with the way the bullpen is being used and getting out there in the fifth or sixth inning, getting out lefties and everything in Yankee Stadium. We would definitely would have used Montgomery in, uh, in the playoffs. He would have made the roster because he's that good. I don't so think anyway, he wouldn't have been starting any games though. No, he wouldn't have been starting any game, but to not have him, you know, in the bullpen to go five, six, seven if they need to, or God forbid, because you know, it might be hot, it might be humid, who knows, or it might be too cold. Maybe a certain ace has to say something, you know, that he's not feeling so great that day, his mind's not right. Hey, insert Jordan Montgomery to come in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and it's no problem. So um I think it's slight loss there to lose Montgomery. No, it could be. It could not. I mean, yeah. I just think that the Bader thing is more of a wait and see because we don't know what he has brought to the team. Well, per se. We have, we have to, we have mid-September, to. I heard, right? Mid-September? They were saying there's been a lot of talk in mid-September that that's when they're expecting him to be. They're not going to rush him back as they do so. as we as we speak now, a nine-and-a-half game lead right. over Toronto. They have two, have, have yeah. two weeks. have two weeks until the playoffs to get it right. So let's see yeah. what happens. 
and yeah, and and regarding and regarding your mention, you bringing up Stanton is yeah, when Stanton does come back, their optimal lineup is going to be Stanton right, Judge in center, Benintendi in left, Carpenter's the DH, and then mm-hmm. Hicks gets minimized because I think they would like sure. to minimize Hicks once yeah. they can they get the team back, and then sure. you get Bader in the mix when you know when he's when he comes back and he's ready. So I think that they had a lot of for most of the season. They have had outfield flexibility and roster flexibility, which is what they're trying to achieve again. Right. And I think that's – I don't think that's a bad thing. It did work for them for quite some time. Right. So yeah, I think we have to – because they are they are gearing up for the playoffs, and, yeah, they do need to hold off the Astros to keep that number one seed. You don't want to fall to number two. Very important. You want Very that important. game seven to be at Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. So, no, that's, that's obviously important. But I think that that's and games one and two and one and two. Every yeah, game with that team it. is going to matter. Every team with that team is going to matter. Every game. Yeah, and like you said earlier, like yeah. I, I personally think that the Yanks Astros, providing they face off in the ALCS, is what we're all expecting, will be a six seven game series. It's just the teams are too evenly matched like that. Yeah, you know, to it'd be shocking if it goes less. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, Frankie Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas, who also has pretty damn good numbers against the Astros, and I don't think it was a coincidence that that's why they went after him. Right. You know, to specifically with the Astros in mind. Right. Because they know that that's who they're going to have to take down. So, you know, we'll see. We'll get to Frankie Montas quickly shortly, but let's get through the week that was. We got Mm. the Yankees and uh, Mariners series that was in the stadium last Monday where the Yankees kicked off the series, which – when things were going pretty well when they went ahead and beat up the Mariners by a final seven to two. Domingo yep. Ramon picked up his uh, first one of the season, which yep. was records of one and one, uh, five innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, three walks, and a K. Aaron Judge, two for four with his 43rd home run of the season, yep. two RBIs, two runs scored, and a double. KJ LeMayhew continued, continued his tear, three for mm-hmm. four with two runs scored and a walk. Anthony Rizzo was one for four with his 26th home run of the season. Homer, yep. yeah, and uh, Jose Trevino had two home runs, going two for four on the night, having nine home runs on the season. So it feels like it was like a month ago last yeah. when that happened. Yeah, uh, it started August it, off good. It did. It started off August in like the best way possible. Um, yeah, Domingo uh, Romano is a guy who they're going to lean on when you trade Jordan Montgomery. I think that's part of it. They're gonna have they had faith in Domingo Herman. They've also sent Clark Schmidt down to the minors and they put him in as a starter. Uh, well, no, no. no, they no, put no. him as a starter now to Sold stretch him out. Yeah. So that's also a possibility that we might be seeing Schmidt, you know, they want him ready to go because he's probably the next man up, you know, if they need another starter coming up soon. Right, so right, right. Mm-hmm. They did kick things off uh pretty well before Tuesday night. Where they dropped a tough one to the Mariners by a final of eight to six. Mm. Uh, one of the problems, Jamison Tyone took a no decision, uh, yeah. only lasting four and two thirds, two hits, yep. only two hits though, five earned runs, four walks, which was the killer. Uh, six Ks, Lucas Lipke took the loss in relief, uh, putting his record to three and four with an inning and two thirds, three hits yep. and an earned run. Josh Donaldson, who's showing signs of snapping out of it. The guy yeah. looks at so many third strike calls. It's yeah. it's amazing. I mean, yeah. is it me or does it just seem like he goes down swinging? I mean, goes down looking like more often 
It's interesting. I, I don't know what's going on with the fastball or what, uh, but yeah, and he's definitely looking middle. He's definitely looking middle when he when he's hitting. Yeah, I don't know um, what's that about because when I remember Donaldson in Toronto, even with Minnesota, some of those bombs that he hit mm -hmm. were left field, and they were really hit like real shots yeah. that showed off his power and his quick bat. I don't know if it's the bat, if he's not catching up to these fastballs or what, but it's affecting this 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 year as far as average on base, all the consistency that you just mentioned. It was a good game for me at three RBIs. He had a really good game. I remember watching the game and thinking, all right, he's got to come out of it. I'm, I'll take 240 to end the season and him getting hot in the last two two months. And here we go again. You know, look at strike three today. It's a little bit rough because, it, it, again, it looks like a mindset thing. Like, trust who you are. Mm -hmm. Trust that you're a pro, that you can hit to left field. You know, why don't you look middle in, you know, early in the count? It looks like he's kind of looking to hit that home run that's kind of like going towards the gap, which he loves to look at, by the way, and not run hard. That's another thing. Right and center. I know he, yeah, right center. And when he does that, he loves looking at it. And it's getting a little old. Especially when you've only hit 10 on the year. Yeah. When so you, 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 know, you got to run hard. You got to run hard. And yeah, so the mind, I know that he was a fiery guy. He's known to be a fiery guy. He's probably really good in the clubhouse when I understand with all that. And they needed that. But you can't look at balls, you know, be, especially when your mindset is like, you're not looking. It's like, like, a, like what we talked about with um, Brett Gardner. Know what count it is. I mean, you get middle in sometimes, and it looks like your one mindset is to go, you know, up the middle. And they always say, like, look for something middle and something middle. Yeah. But his his power, I mean, 10 home runs, you know, he's still got power. He's putting balls out into the gaps towards center field. He can start pulling a little bit more and start hitting balls to left field, you know, on the road especially. Let's go. Like, that I think will be his case. Yeah, so he was two for three on the night, three RBIs, double, two runs scored on a walk. Anthony Rizzo hit his 27th home run of the season oh, uh, with two walks and two runs scored. Jose Trevino hit his 10th home run of the season. So Trevino's got as many home runs as Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Two for four, uh, two RBIs, and a double. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they're pretty much the, – the move there was – I, I kind of think they boomed left Litke in a little bit too long yeah. to go ahead and face a righty when you had Efros warming up. And yeah. it didn't go to him. I mean, the computer didn't spit it out. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I found that to be a little bit weird, but not, not that Licky can't get lefties and righties out because me and you have both went over this a thousand times over the years. It's not like oh, lefty versus lefty, automatic out, no question right. about it. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, if you got the guy warming up, that's his purpose. And Licky's already in the previous inning, so I kind of felt like maybe a little bit slow to that. But yeah, right, maybe the computer didn't spit it out, and and it didn't happen. Yeah, no, um, yeah. So yeah, that, takes us, that takes us to the matinee on Wednesday afternoon, which was a hot one. And I, I, I texted you a game that I went to by myself, which is yeah, a, a rare occurrence. It was a rare occurrence. It was weird. It was, it was weird, but but I'm going to tell you the truth. I ended up sitting two seats away from some other random guy who was a season ticket holder who was also there alone, hmm. ironically, who sold his other three seats. And we just started chatting and talking about the game. It was almost like I wasn't there alone. Hey, you weren't. You Guess weren't. Not. I mean, if you're obviously, if you're like you know, speaking with somebody, you know, you're with a fellow Earthling. And we talk about being from Earth. Earth so, yes. So there you go. Fun. You know, 
it's, <laughs> it's fine. You know, you're watching the game with someone and you're talking. So that's a testament to your small talk ability. You are very good with men. <laughs> good job, Jerry. Yes, uh, but uh, who was not Always good, apparently, good. was Garrett Cole, who picked up his fourth mm. loss of the season, pushed his record to nine and four. He actually lasted six innings, which is shocking. Uh, yeah. Seven hits, six earned runs because he got lit up. Absolutely yeah. lit up in the first inning. One walk, eight Ks. Kyle Higashioka was two for three with a sixth home run of the season. Uh, two yeah. RBIs and a double. IKF was two for three with an RBI and a run scored. Um, but it also, I mean, listen, the air was taken out of the balloon in the first inning when Cole gets lit up. You're like, And I was texting with you guys on our text chain. A lot of game to go. Kind of felt like they started hitting, but then IKF gets thrown out at the plate, and you're like, right, right, okay. Because if they would have scratched a couple across, you're like, all right, six three or something like that, right away. You're like, okay, you got a shot in this, but yeah, right. could could barely touch Luis Castillo, you know, who they didn't, you know, they did not trade for, and right. the Mariners ended up getting from the Mariners also pay through the nose to get him, so we'll see right. if that pays off for them. Uh, Another catcher had a good game. That was about it. I mean, Higashioka, I think, had two hits, and he showed up. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the catchers this week seem to be hitting, uh, but yeah, right. didn't result in wins. Cole, uh, if a Yankee fan wants to get a little worried, and um, I don't know, maybe get a little bit concerned with uh, that game that might happen in Houston in October, Watch that post game, the Baltimore post game, and that post game. It's very telling. And he's a pro. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But again, it's the mindset. It's it's the mind that's taken over the body. And it just seems like he gave a little bit more than I expected. And a lot of people who are Yankee fans will say, "Oh God, these post games are like they're like so long, and the game is so long." And it's true. But the more that you watch post games, the more you can kind of like look at someone's eyes, their body language. And Cole just seems like he's really effective mentally. And he had a lot going on in his mind. And I think the worst, the worst tell was when, you know, he's kind of like, uh, yeah, like choking up and kind of lost with his words, but also mm -hmm. not really showing that the mentality was like, hey, listen, I got hit. The balls were up. Let's move on. I lasted six because, you know, I really wanted to get back in the game. Let's say we're going to hit, you know, get him back next time. But instead, it was more like kind of excuses were given. And if you don't want to blame him 100%, you know, he got lit up fine. He's talking about being on the same page with his catcher and making sure we're on the same page and we want to be on the same page with the dugout. And I thought we were getting there. And I thought that we were there and we weren't. But we, I'm, I'm hoping that we would. And it was like, what's going on here? Like, first of all, I know baseball has changed, but he's an ace. And Higashioka looks like he has a good head on his shoulders. Let them run the game. I mean, come on. I mean, we're getting three different entities, you know, Cole, Higashioka, and the dugout, you know, and the brain trust there on the same page. I mean, this is like, it's becoming like overthinking, overanalyzing. I remember we were talking about Clint Frazier. And, you know, they were getting on him and he had those, those weird post games too. Yeah. And he had a really great quote and was like, yeah, yeah, we're working on the hitting. Um, it could be a little overkill at times, like a lot overkill. 
like I'm, I think after a while you just start analyzing the F out of something so much that it's the analysis and then paralysis. It's like, just go out there, trust your stuff and your catcher and go get them. And that's it. You know, and, and I just, I, it's, it's a little bit 2009, Eddie, you know, 2009, the analytics, this, that Jeter and cash and butted heads. I don't know. I, I wish I was there. I'm not there, but there's something to it. There's something well, to it. I think Cole, I think Cole's thing is this. I do agree with you. His post game interviews are rough. They know they're rough. Yeah. I think part of it is to tell you the truth. I think he's too honest. Or didn't get training. Or didn't get training because well, 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 that's I'm, I'm sure he's a bulldog. I'm sure he's a bulldog. I mean, yeah. he goes out there and throws 99, and he's going after hitters. I'm sure he's a bulldog. But you got to get the training to like speak to the media because if he sees that, he might start second guessing himself more. Because, yeah. And you don't want that. You don't want the actual pitcher looking at himself and then asking himself the question, "How do you feel about that?" Or "What do you think about that?" It's not. It's not going to be a good result for the pitcher, for the player. So training's in order here as far as keep it light. It's the game. And, yeah, you're right. He's very honest. But- he's too honest. I think he's – I think yeah. it's funny because we talk about Jeter yeah. and Cone. And actually in the past, Jeter has said that Cone actually kind of like schooled him a little bit on how to handle the media a little bit with that. Right, right. So I think if anything, go ahead and reach out to both of them. Or maybe they should reach out to him and be like, dude, listen – Maybe this is all true what you're saying, but you don't right. tell them that. You no. don't give them that. Not, I agree. I, I think Cole seems like he's a fiery guy who gets worked up, and it's not like I don't think he's afraid. I think it's just that since yes, if we're being honest, there has been a, a dip off, and it's inconsistent since the spider attack has been gone. Correct. And I think he doesn't trust his own stuff. But we're watching it as fans, and we're like, this dude's still lighting up the radar gun. The spider's right. still there. You know. The change is up down. is there. Just no, the spin yeah. rate is down, but right. you're That's still even if you can't pitch to that level or if you don't have that kind of spin rate, yeah, then you can what you have is still damn good enough. Sure. So yeah, I mean so it. the post post games, if, if you have the stomach, you know, watch them. But uh <laughs> the Bolton one was really rough too because he's talking about humidity and like it's hard to catch your breath and my, my arm is, is wet and something along the lines of, you know, it's, it's all wet. I'm getting a grip and I'm like, welcome to July in, you know, the Northeast slash North central. Like, what do you expect? I mean, I know you played high school ball, college ball. You're a pro gets hot in July. I mean, and he's telling the media this. So it's like, That's what I'm saying don't tell yeah. the media this, even if you are dehydrated and yeah. you are cramping, which again, you know, we're not comparing what, what me and you do to Major League Baseball at all. But no. like, even on our level, we're like, dude, if it's fucking hot and we're baking out there, right. you, you rehydrate. We start like crushing the bananas and stuff and the fruit, which is the right thing to do. But yeah. again, fans don't want to hear about that. You know what I wonder? Get I, wonder it done. I wonder if you could put, you know, how you get like the you know different size ices. So when it gets really hot, right, we're playing on field turf. I yeah. take, you know, a piece of ice, I put it on the middle of my head, and I put my cap on. And I just let it go down wow. my head. And it works beautifully. Like, I never really feel hot. So, I don't know if they're allowed to do that because it's a foreign substance. It's ice. You also like hot car, though. So, no, yeah, I love the summer. But, yeah, there's something e- wrong with you. Either way, there's got to be a way to overcome <laughs> humidity in July, August, and you're the ace. That's all I'm saying. And, no, you're right. You're, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. 
Yeah, and hopefully in October it won't be. Yeah, it was really windy and cold, and this is what happens. So I, let's. Yeah, he's our ace. He really is, and especially with the way Montas pitched today. Let's see what happens. But the mindset again, the Hicks mindset, the Gala mindset, you know, all different mindsets we're talking about here. That's in play. I think now that it looks like we're going to make the playoffs, right? For sure. Yeah. Kind of so, thing. Yeah. yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> I think as a Yankee fan, would be really interesting. We dive into numbers, we get crazy with analytics, but let's look at mindset. Let's see who's like stepping up and like going out there like a like a warrior, like a Doverman, and just putting it all out there, hustling, head on fire, wanting to win this World Series. And look, let's look at the guys that are like looking around and looking lost, and like you know the confidence in their eyes show it that they're there, but they're not there. That's what that what you want to look at. And I think that's where Boone can make the biggest impact in getting the mindset and getting these guys like we're killers and that's it. That's what we do. And, and that's that put it all out there. And that's Boone's job right there because they got the talent. So let's see if they turn into killers or they, you know, they're in the computer club rather than be killers. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that takes us to Friday night's game against the Cardinals. They kicked off that Mm -hmm. series. They dropped a game that they definitely should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by a final four to three. Uh, good news though. Uh, Nestor Cortez, even though he took a no decision, he went five and a third, one hit, two earned runs, four walks, and four Ks. So yeah, four walks, not great. I also think Boone kind of went and pulled the trigger a little bit too quickly going yeah. to the bullpen. Uh, but they, we've talked about this off air. Cortez has not pitched his innings anywhere near this, so I do understand that you can't let him go bananas and go from, like, 80 to 200 innings overnight. That's just yeah. not realistic. So they're trying to, like, manage his innings little by little in each start, and the bullpen does have to get it done, which they didn't. Uh, the big shocker, though, was Clay Holmes. He took his fifth wall. His is it a shocker, though? Is it a shocker well, at it this is, point? No, I think it is. It is his fourth blown save of the season. But I was a little bit shocked because I think he lo- he did look better, and I mm-hmm. didn't think that this was going to happen. And you know, he goes in and, and coughs it up. I was I thought he looked good tonight. That's why I didn't because we've seen Holmes before. He comes in, he's erratic, he's all over the place out of nowhere. This looked like he was under control, and mm-hmm. then suddenly he wasn't. So is it, it was very say, it was a little Chapman esque. Is it is it fair to say we don't have a bona fide closer? Here on I, August seventh, we don't have a bona fide closer, and of course, we're used to having a lock closer. As, uh, as yeah, like can. a lock of all locks, right? In history, so, so is it fair to say we don't have one right now on August? I, I'm I'm still on board with Holmes. Is he I a bona fide closer? Is he a closer? I think that most of the season he has been. He's mm-hmm. he's been. Listen, I'm not sugarcoating. He's been bad recently. I'm gonna say he, right now we don't have a closer. And, I, and I'm we do not have a closer. I think I still believe in Holmes here. Yeah. Now a couple more outings, and you're right. We may we're gonna revisit that. Then hopefully we revisit it. And it's a good thing. Chapman's been pitching a little bit better, and he yeah. probably sniffs it. And he's like, listen, if this guy keeps faltering and I keep pitching well, I'm gonna get my job back. Yeah. If if Chapman's on the mound on Game Six or Seven against Houston, I'm gonna lose my mind, Eddie. I'm gonna lose my mind. What if he does well? No. I, I hope so, but if he's coming in and it's game <laughs> oh, six of course, dude, the game on the line, the belts, I mean, turbulence. All we all we all saw what happened with Tampa Bay and Houston, and I can't take I can't take it three times. <laughs> it's like baseball, you know. I'm out. Like I'm gonna right, lose well, it. Hopefully, gonna lose Holmes my mind. Gets it to, hopefully Holmes gets yeah. it under control. We don't have to even yeah. think about that. Well, 
Because August seventh, right now, we don't have a closer. We don't have a playoff closer. A guy that you know that's not going to look like Holmes, like he's looked lately. I'm not talking about the pitching too. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about yes, the pitching, but also body language. He looks like his mind is struggling, and that's why this is happening. And then Chapman, I think part of it is mine, but a lot of it is that his off-speed stuff isn't nasty enough. It's just not. When that slider's not on, when his fastball's erratic, I mean, he doesn't have like that secondary pitch that he can go to and really get it over and really pinpoint the outside or inside corner. It has movement, but he's not throwing 105. Everyone's no, throwing no, what he's throwing days, now. Yeah, those days are long gone. He's in the and, high 90s if he's lucky. And, everyone, and everyone's doing that almost out of the bullpen. No, we've talked about it again, maybe not, here or elsewhere. Yeah. He's he's not he so what he does is not special anymore. We saw a kid Jordan Hicks crack at 103, 102 on a regular basis. That's yeah. with the Cardinals. So he um, yeah. Chapman has to get that off speed pitch like more pinpoint. Then he has a shot at maybe, you know, seventh inning. Somebody step up. Somebody step up. Someone's got to step up his clothes. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a huge deal. Uh, But Aaron Judge was two for four, two runs scored, a walk. He's 11th stolen base of the season. Of course. Josh Donaldson, two for four, two RBIs with a double. Labor Torres, who I thought, he he had a good day today, but he's been lost lately. One for four with an RBI. Uh, Matt Carpenter, though, his return to the Cardinal, to St. Louis. He was two for five, but the Yanks offense, three for 11 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, no, I thought the Cardinals fans did a nice job in the beginning. His first at bat of each game gave him a standing ovation. It's incredible. It is. It was. It was nice. It's actually a nice thing. They're knowledgeable fans, and especially because he wasn't that good in his last two years, right? Yeah, yeah, he was awful. So to like still love him, which is nice. I mean, very nice. I don't know know if the Bronx crowd would do that. (laughs) Man, it, it would. It would have. It would take somebody pretty damn special. To do yeah. that, and we, yeah. we give it standing ovations for like the first at bat of a series, and that's about it. Then it's like, yeah, now you're the is... enemy. Go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, they're they're a special fan base. That's they for sure. are no, they they definitely are. They're a respectable fan base, and also had three sellouts. And the Saturday game, which we're about to talk about, the Saturday night game, number one, number one, right? Biggest crowd in the history of this Bush Stadium. Yeah. That's, That's the, bigger than the All Star Game in the World Series. That's astounding. Well, more people decided to go. I mean, really? No, I mean that's the thing. I mean, it's not it's, no, you know, you know what, but you know what it is. Like, obviously, they sold out, and yeah. and you know, but I am sure what they meant was like if they have you know whatever. I mean, standing how many people? Room. They added standing room. That's exactly. So that's the point. It's like yes, they sold out the All Star Game. Yes, they sold out the World Series. And the actual people that came to give their ticket stub and this and that, and then the standing room is the reason why. I, I think the way it was presented was almost like, oh yeah, people had like you know playoff tickets or World Series tickets, and like oh you know they didn't come, whatever. There's a reason why a game in August with the Yankees was a number one. You know, they could have explained that a little bit, but it's not important. The point is, oh, is I, that yeah. Well, the thing was the paid attendance. That's what right. they said. The paid attendance was whether you right. showed up or not doesn't is irrelevant. Well, if you add standing room, that matters. Yeah, no, they, yeah. they did. And yeah. I'm just saying is that we, we both have seen the Yankees have added standing room for the playoffs yeah. in the past. They, they've kept that. And obviously, you're not going to get yeah. standing room for – it's just shocking you got standing room sellout for right. a game in August against anybody. Why not? Yeah, but you it's, know what? It's kind of amazing. Yankees, Cardinals, two yeah. franchises, both in first place. They took over first place, the Cardinals, recently. So yeah. why not? 
And I would love, I can't wait for the future where we can like warp zone, you know, to a stadium and just come back in like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever it is and just check out Cardinals versus Yankees. Like the green, like the green pipe. Want to jump in? Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would work. Or just like a really fast, like bullet something. (laughs) You know, there we are in San Francisco, goes down, the arches are there, like, all right, we got here in like a half hour. Oh my and then goodness. take in the game and come back. I mean, how great would that be? Yeah. Let's then, give. Let's get back to the game. <laughs> see, you're laughing at that, but it's gonna happen. Maybe gonna it happen. will. I don't know. We thought we were gonna have flying cars. If you asked me in the '80s, it's also Back to the Future. We thought we'd have flying cars by now. Let, let's start with driverless cars first. Driverless cars first, and then we can get to the flying cars. Okay. We well, yeah. let's get back to the fact the Yanks got shut out one nothing. With oh, virtually no offense. Do we have to. Yeah, no, no, this out. is a quick game to go over because Domingo Hermando, he took the yeah. loss, but five innings, four hits, earned run, no walks, and three Ks. Yanks yeah, offense, see. though, two hits. Two, two hits. friggin' hits. It was like Larry yeah. Doyle. I wonder who they were. Like Larry Doyle in uh, in Major League. It's like two hits. So, so, by the way, that was a big game, though, because Judge kept hitting. He got one of the hits, right? And yes, also, Higashioka cracked the Mendoza line. So he's over 200 now, I believe. Oh, I was. I was, I was impressed by that. Yeah. I was definitely impressed by that. It's good. Yeah. It's ever since you started talking talking shit about him that, oh, good. he's a 189 hitter. He's this, he's that. No, you'll see. He was 160 when I started talking shit about him. He's going to be big. This year, he's coming up big. And he's it got power. It would be great. It would be great if he power. Two, two, two catchers that can hit. That yes. would be nice. I, yes. I would appreciate that. Yes, like that um, can Yes, like 61. Well, they had three yes. catches that could hit, which is crazy, oh my, but anyway. It's coming. Yeah, no. Now, today's game, though, was a, was a pretty wild one. Uh, unfortunately, Yanks got swept. The uh, final 12 to 9, crazy game, went on for a while. A lot of hits, though. Yanks pounded out 16 hits. Uh, Frankie Montas made his uh, Montas, I think, as it was pronounced. Plus yes. the uh, Montas uh, made his debut, though. He was on a 70 pitch count. Uh, not good though. No seventy pitches, three innings, three innings, five hits, six earned runs, three walks, yeah. uh, two Ks. That fastball was all over the place. He had no control whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Albert Abreu though, he took the loss, pushing his record to two and one. An inning in the third, uh, two hits, two earned runs, a walk, three Ks. Aaron Judge though, two for five, four RBIs, double walk. DJ LeMahieu, three for six with his twelfth home run of the season, a double. Yeah. Two runs scored. Now he's uh, been. He's been those, yeah. those two of the guys. Yep. Uh, Labor Torres, though, finally snapped out of it. Three for five. Two runs scored. Aaron Hicks was three for four with an RBI. Two runs scored and a walk. Jose Trevino, two for five. Ben mm. Tendi, two for five. Two runs scored and a double. All of this with the Yanks offense, six for 18 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, they left small villages on the bases. And still this, scored nine runs. <laughs> now, listen, all three games were winnable games, but the pitching was crap today. The hitting was crap yesterday. Hitting was crap on Friday. So they're in a Murphy's Law run right now where right. if it's not one thing, it's another. Yep. Every team is usually going to go through it. They are, and the Yanks are going through it right now. There's there's, there's no, no way around it. it. They just need yeah. to get back to playing winning baseball again. We're not even saying duplicate April, May, and June. We're yeah. just saying get back to just – Winning consistently, you know, that's it. They're finding ways to lose games sometimes. Yeah, it's a rough week. And we lost to Kansas City going into 
August. So yeah, it's five in a row that we lost. We've had some we had some good games against Seattle, but you know, we had a loss to Kansas City. We struggled a little bit with Seattle. We could have done better. And then now this. So yeah, Murphy's law is in effect right now. It happens in every season. Um Montas, give him a little uh little empathy because I don't know what happened, but he was on the bereavement list. So you don't know where, where someone's mind is. I think it was his grandmother. Yeah, which you know we never know you know the yeah. details behind it, but when you're not there, you're not there. And when you you pitch it in St. Louis in front of that crowd, first place team, yeah. So so who knows? But the the, the concerning aspects about Montas, and and this should concern you because I know you're an ad advocate of being <laughs> anti PEDs, yes. and he was suspended for 80 games, right? Good for PEDs, and uh, now looking at him, you know. He doesn't look like he's on PEDs anymore. So no, still pitching no, well, though. No, he's still pitching well, and he's got that shoulder inflammation situation. So it's a huge question mark in my mind. It's is it a good pickup? Yeah, we had to get another pitcher. He has good numbers, but the inflammation, the PED situation, uh, you know, give him a pass today because of what happened with you know with family and all that. But it's another big question mark. And now we had such a great start, but I look at this Yankee team and I see way too many question marks. And part of it is because the averages are down and all that. I mean, Rizzo seems like a superstar on this team, but I can't believe how low his average is, right? Mm-hmm. There's still so much room for improvement. Hicks is Hicks and low average too. Had a good game today. Still a question mark. Stanton, you know, for me is the ultimate question mark. Uh, ben and is not hitting well, right? So what's going on? Is, is New York getting to him? You know, I can think all these thoughts, but... I don't think it's a question mark so much. And then, you know, you go into the infield and it's a bunch of question marks with, without uh, LeMayu, who thankfully is, is showing up big time. Uh, yep. Torres, I think, is going to show up too. Not a question mark so much because I do feel he's an all-star. He's an all-star second baseman. And Donaldson's a big question mark. So shortstop seems fine. You get what you get. And then the catchers are doing their thing. But still way too many question marks for a team that was going to be historically good. And finally, the team that was going to get over the hump and beat Houston, mm-hmm. too many question marks. So that's Aaron Boone's job right now is, is to get these guys to reach their potential in the last almost almost two months of the season, close it out, let's let's get this killer instinct back, no more question marks, and then we go into October and, and destroy and be the first seed, the number one seed so we could be completely with all the advantages because I love the way the setup is now. That wild card team is going to have the hardest time advancing, especially because, especially because three games. It's great. It's great in that regard. Yeah, and and then the first seed is going to play that team. So yeah, so so it's huge. Yeah. No, no, it is. It's it, they still got a lot to play for. You still can turn it around, and they got to start on the road. They are they going to be at Seattle the next three nights, uh, two late night Yankees, and then one in the afternoon forgiving, and yeah. then. Uh, <laughs> and then they're in Boston next weekend, who you know, regardless of what the standings say or anything like that, they're going to go ahead and be a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unless they happen to get in Boston Massacre weekend. Yeah. Which would be nice to go in and kick the nice. crap out of them. They got nothing to play for, so we'll see. That would be amazing. But I wanted to ask you, Ed, what, at a scale of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. trade the trades that happened before August 2nd, the end of August, the, the final hour. Yeah. How would you rate it? 
Yankees scale one to ten with what was out there, with what was available, from what you know, which mm-hmm. I know you know, and out of ten, what would you say? Listen, I know what you're. I know what you're. I know what you're dancing. I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm not dancing. I'm not I, I, know, I know. I know. I know. Am I dancing? I know. Dancing. Dancing. I know. What you're dancing. I'm not dancing right? at Listen, all. I th- honestly, I think Cashman did a great job. Great I mean, job. Great, so no, give it a number. One to ten. I think he did a probably like a a nine, nine and a half. You, right. They listen. There was a checklist of things to address. Yeah. That field was one addressed. Two. Well, I guess if you want to say add a left fielder, subtract Gallup. Both were accomplished. Mm. You addressed the start. I needed a front end of the line starting pitcher. They did that with Montes. Mm. Okay. Because when I understand for Castillo. The Mariners wanted. Uh, I'm sorry. The Reds were talking about Volpe. It was and Peraza. No, uh, Peraza. I thought I would have went with. I'm not giving up Volpe right. and Peraza for Luis Castillo. I'm sorry. Mm. That's that's a bit much. Um, and I felt they needed the bullpen. Okay. And Frost and Trevino, they they accomplished. They hit the checklist of things that I want them to do. And I know you are were a very strong advocate of wanting Juan Soto. I felt that was more of a pie in the sky thing. Mm. Padres went all in for him and yeah. went all for it. The Padres mm. still have massive amounts of question marks throughout their entire rotation. All right. They addressed the closer, but they still don't have a great bullpen either. And their defense is suspect. Right. So to me, yeah, the Padres literally needed him more in order to stay relevant because they also have a superstar who they locked up who is extremely Injury prone and Dustin is kind of a man without a position. And Fernando Tatis Jr., who mm-hmm. we all thought was going to be, oh, the shortstop, the next guy, blah, blah, blah. Guy's right. been getting hurt constantly and he's a shitty, shitty shortstop. Right. Who might be playing the outfield, who might be DHing now. So there's a lot of question marks. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't have loved Juan Soto. Obviously, anyone in their right mind yeah. would have liked to add Juan Soto to their team. There's no question about it. I'm not disagreeing with you on. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, and I even told you on our group text, that is the guy who I would clear out the farm system for. Right. I would have went with Anthony Volpe, Peraza, Jason Dominguez, you name it. I would have went, I would have went for it, but they weren't, they were willing to say, what do we need to win literally now? Wow. Now on the flip side of it, Padres probably not signing Juan Soto in, in two and a half years. So he could be out there. Plus, I do think that there is a thing where they, the Yankees are going to make Aaron Judge the prime target in the offseason. They right, do need to address him. So, yeah. I'm not, I don't know if once, I don't watch him on a daily basis, so I don't know if he could be a left fielder moving forward. They tried that with other guys who are right fielders. It seems like that's never worked out. He doesn't mm-hmm. play center field. I mean, maybe you put Judge in center and then Soto's your right fielder and then. You figure out left field between Hicks and Benintendi and whoever else. That's a possibility. You also don't have to pay Soto for two and a half years. Right. So I'm not saying it was completely impossible. I just thought it was highly unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the job didn't get done. That was that was the guy to get. That was the guy. Mm-hmm. To definitely get to have the three playoff series under control. That team is selling you're never getting an opportunity like that to get this type of player. He is that good. He's a five tool player and under control for, for that long, a huge failure, huge failure on the part of the Yankees to not be creative enough 
to get him. And I know it's easy for me to say sitting here, whatever it is, but I mean, how bad do we want to win a world series again? That was the guy to get. I mean, seriously, forget about, I know Ben is good and all that, but you get Juan Soto in the outfield, whatever it is, you do what you got to do to get it. And to not get him is massive, massive mistake. And now, you know, and okay, we've got some arms. We've got Benintendi, all this. Uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We're not going to get him in the future because you got Hicks at $10 million, You got Stanton probably at 30-something million or whatever it is. That's $40 million on the books right there. So forget about that. Plus, you know no one's going to take those contracts if you try to train those guys. No one's taking it. Uh, so while Stanton was hot, it would have been great like a three-team trade of some sort, get him to L.A., let him shine with the Dodgers and, like, make Soto happen. It was a fantasy. It's not reality, but that would have been unbelievable. And I think any Yankee fan would have loved to get him off the books, Stanton. I mean, Hicks were probably stuck with for now. And then get Soto in here and have him possibly long-term. That would be a perfect Yankee story, which I think we got used to. From 1996 to 2003, nine, and all that, uh, just didn't happen. So that's what I was hoping for. I did wake up from my dream. It wasn't a reality. So whatever. But oh man, to have the chance to get Juan Soto and have Aaron Judge in the same lineup, I mean, that that might be dynasty right there. So anyway, I'll give it a. I'll give this off season. I'm not the trade season, the trade deadline. Yeah, I'll give the trade deadline. I, I don't know. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of five, five, five. Wow. I gotta, I gotta see what's. I gotta see what Montas actually could offer. And now that Montgomery's traded, let's see who does better from August seventh or August, you know, whatever he was traded sixth mm-hmm. on. Let's see how those two do when compared as far as how they pitch. Let's see how the inflammation works out. And then we don't know the bullpen guys. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how they work out too. I think I think the number one pick was uh, or, or get was was Ben Intendi. And then we'll take it from there. So I think it was like a you know a C, maybe. That's now it. you're changing it to letter grades. Yeah, it's like yeah, you know, five out of ten, C minus kind of thing. Wow, so had, medi- so mediocre at best. I think it was mediocre at best. Yeah, I really so do. So they there didn't was... address their starting pitching. Didn't you? Don't no, I don't know if they did. Help? I don't know if they did because we got we got a guy from center field that's on the IL until mid September. Okay. We got two uh, two two relievers that one has horrible stats this year, another one seems okay, but we'll see how they are. We'll see. And then we have um, Montas, who okay, unfortunately there was there was a passing in his family that set aside past cheater and also inflammation in the uh, shoulder. And it's not like, Oh, it's my finger. It's my shoulder. And mm-hmm. I'm a pitcher and it's the pitching shoulder. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm going to see it's mediocre right now. There's, there's nothing that, you know, maybe it's just a huge letdown from not getting Soto, but that, that was huge to not get him and you either get him or you don't either someone sells you on not to get him or you sell someone else to get him and you didn't sell someone else to get him. And uh, plain and simple, that to me was that's going to haunt us for years, possibly. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Because that was the five tool guy, him, Judge. You know, then you build around them. That that's great. But you know, whatever it is, he's in San Diego. They could do the cha cha, salsa, merengue, all that. 
You know, they got incredible talents out there and everything. It's it's amazing what they can do in the next now two and a half years with Soto. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And their pitching's not that bad, Eddie. It's not great. It's nothing to write home about here for them. They're starting pitching if they're healthy. If they're healthy, it's pretty good. Clevenger, you Darvish, uh, right. Schnell. Schnell's not so good anymore, but you know, but he could be. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But don't be surprised. You know, I'll be rooting for them against the Dodgers now. That's for sure. So okay. Well, I mean, listen, I, I was watching a little Dodgers Padres last them. night. Yeah, smoked. And yeah, I mean, not uh not looking too good off off the bat, but whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. I think whenever they've gotten together over the last couple of years, those series, if you're not watching just Yankees, Padres, Dodgers is usually a great watch. You can check that out. Uh, yeah. I also did want to go ahead and, and mention quickly before we get to our awards of the week, there yeah. was a passing of uh, of announcer Vin Scully mm. over the past week. Uh, a guy who I just mentioned, you know, who I started listening to when we got the baseball package, started like watching Dodgers games just to listen to Vin Scully. Yeah, and even our friend Grogan, when me and him were roommates, he would actually catch me watching him in the living room sometimes. And he would sit down and just chat and listen to him in the background, and everything like that. And and he was he's the greatest. Yeah. He's the greatest, I think, in a, you know, play by play guy, you know, there's ever been. He's yeah. done football, done baseball, and everything like that. And I, I got my Vin Scully baseballism t shirt here, wanted to nice. rock that for for the week. Nice. Um but yeah, no, it was it was Yanks did a nice uh moment of silence for him. He got a nice ovation. And the uh, Wednesday afternoon game as well, um, but yeah, no, he's it's incredible what he was able to do—a play-by-play guy with no partner for many years—and <laughs> just dude, he did the job of both. Yeah, amazing. And it was tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Amazing. He made it. He made it seem so simple. It's not like he had this, you know, mathematical formula. It's very clear what he does differently than everyone else. It's just so effortless that that's like what the greats do, right? Willie Mays with his basket catch, uh, Derek Jeter with his longevity and being a winner. It was, it's like, it's like Vince Scully. Like we know he tells great stories. How come no one else could do it like that? We know that he's very prepared, like beyond, like I, I found out ridiculous things about players in their minor leagues, you know, their nicknames and a family story from, from whatever, because he actually took the time to research and to interview players beforehand so we can bring more to light. So it's not like this crazy formula that he used, but I, I don't think you could duplicate the way he did it. It was how he did it, his sound, and when he injected it, always at the right time, it felt like, that um, you know, for an, someone living on the East Coast, I totally agree. What a sweet sound to go to sleep to because really I would stay up for you know the entire Dodger game, right? But, but to go to sleep on a summer night with the air conditioning on, and listen to him and you doze off it's like close to heaven the best by far the best yeah, yeah and and th- there's an interesting things though is that apparently we, when the dodgers moved out to la yeah the yankees tried to get vin scully to be their play-by-play guy imagine how history would have changed another loss it's like losing out on soda it's like it's unbelievable wow, uh, it's that like is unbelievable. tremendous yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Soto, five-tool guy, he's going to set up records. I mean, if he stays healthy, right? And the Yankees had a chance to get Vince Scully and, and Soto, and, and, and look what happened now. I mean, here we are. No Vince Scully no. as a Yankee. 
No Juan Soto as a Yankee. Had Mel Allen. Yeah. I, I know it's just such yeah, you know. well, a rough. Let's not rough forget Red game. Barber. You know. Red Barber here's, though. Red Barber and Vince Scully work together though. Yeah, here's Mr. Mickey. Mickey, uh-huh. uh, Mickey at the plate. Look, take a look at those arms. Yes. Uh, it's three, 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 two game, and uh, there's a shot to the left field, and it was gone. Home run, Yankees win. Valentine blast. Hello, my darling. Hello, my lover. Hello, my sweet paddle pie. And there's Mickey going around the bases. He's being mobbed by his teammates. Don't forget to choose in tomorrow. The Yankees will play the Detroit Tigers. Okay. Just, and I no, and you know and you know Vince Scully was like, okay, I think I know what I need to do to like be better and then he ended up being the best so an absolute an absolute legend man so yeah you know that's tip the tip of the cap to Vince Scully because he, he was yeah. just the man and anything even Met fans are familiar with the 86 World Series you know oh yeah. you know gets through Buckner and here comes Knight and the race and then the Mets win it like he's yeah. done so much Dwight Clark's catch in the end zone with the, yeah. the 49ers and everything it's called so many great moments over time yeah, for so it's many just, miracles that the Mets have, that's a miracle that Vince Scully like was around them. Yeah, because the Mets, the Mets really don't deserve that. Wow, that's shots nice fired, that, shots fired. That's nice that they did, yeah. Uh, but I will say about the Mets, and I told you this, and I'll go on here and say it: if there's any year that the Yankees and Mets play in the World Series, I'll be honest, I'm slightly worried about this year. I am. They were I think really both good teams team. got a long way to go before. They had a long they, way to go before that, but if there's a Subway Series, the Mets have got me thinking. And I told you what I said, and I don't like what I said, but I said it. The Mets got me thinking. And if they would have gotten Juan Soto, then oh, I don't even know what I would do. You would have anyway. jumped off the house, bro. No, I mean, definitely into the fire escape. That's oh, okay. for sure. Oh, yeah, that's not, yeah. a, not a fortune. I mean, um, you know, the, but the iron, you know, it's very hard. Rusty. Okay. That's, that's enough. Yeah, you never know. Let's get to our hitter of the week, our top yeah. of the heap. Uh, I'm going to kick things off, though. I'm going to go with DJ LeMahieu as my hitter of the week. Uh, he okay. had 345 for the week with a 441 on base percentage, with a 655 slugging percentage, uh, two home runs, three RBIs, five walks, and only four strikeouts, which is uh, shocking in hmm. today's game, and uh, six runs scored. So to me, he's been uh, Matt Carpenter, was a notable. <sighs> What was a notable acknowledgement, but wow. I mean, what was that? Hitter of the week. <sighs> there you go. Yeah. So, DJ right. LeMayhew, my top of the heap, hitter of the week. Jerry, who's your hitter of the week this week? Aaron Judge, all the way. Okay. Carrying the team completely. I think he batted 800 with uh, eight wow. home runs and 88 Astounding. ODIs. Astounding. Um, he's out of, out of control. Just out of control. Every time he's up. At this point, it's gotten to the point where it's like LeBron James. Either he's going to go up, go down the lane in his prime and score on you, or you're going to foul him. And at wow. this point in baseball, either you're going to walk him or he's going he's gonna to smoke you somehow with a double, uh, a base hit in, in a big spot, or hit a 475-foot shot. He's in that mode right now. This week was no different. He took a day off. They lost. He takes another day off. They're going to probably lose at this point. So he's carrying the team. He is literally – like the sun for the Yankees and everyone's just revolving around his aura and his, his gravity. And he's, he's unbelievable. It's astounding how good he is this year. And this week was no different. So I, I, I got you. I, I got your back. 360 batting average, 
529 on base. No, 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 it was like 800. Okay. 680 slugging percentage, oh, two awful. home runs, eight RBIs, nine nine hits, seven runs scored, and nine walks, five yeah. Ks. He's just doing everything. It couldn't, it couldn't go wrong with either one of them, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And that home run that he hit in the stadium early in the week, I mean, it, it, sometimes his home runs, they, they go so – they don't. Even, it doesn't even seem like he gets all of it. And no. he doesn't because we've seen when he did get all of it, when he hit the back of the bleachers. In so, left field. Yeah. So we'll, was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the way he's hitting now, look out for another one this month because unbelievable to watch. Worth the price of admission. Judge, Judge, At honestly, home, we could have been the pick again. We went with Judge for a couple weeks in a row. So nah, no, you traded him. You traded him. You traded him. I did. I Why'd you do that? You shouldn't trade Don Judge like that. That's not. That's not nice. Well, we're not going to go ahead and pick the same guy every single week. Though. I mean, they deserve it. Mr. You know, Strong. it's like that. It's like all oh, MVP. He won the MVP. Oh, it's the best player. Oh, we can't give it to him again. That's the kind of mentality. That's not right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go with our pitcher. king of the hill pitcher of the week. Uh, and I'm going to – it was slum picking this week because there really wasn't hardly anyone to, uh, to select since the pitching had a tough week. But I'm going to go with Domingo Herman as my pitcher of the week. Yeah. Uh, both of his starts we had mentioned earlier. He's been improving since he did get lit up by the, you know, the Mets in his uh, season debut. So, I mean – it was him or Nestor Cortez. Nestor only made the one start, so I went with Ramon who made the two starts, both uh, quality starts of the week. So, Jerry, who's your king of the hill pitcher? Same. <clears throat> Same. Domingo Harmon. And more for the hope that the trade for Mon the trade for Bader and, and let Montgomery go doesn't haunt us. That Domingo Harmon can hold his own, maybe – Never knowing what happens between August and September, he gets an opportunity to shine in October. And these two starts are huge. So it's really well in his last start. It's a huge, um, it's a huge um, opportunity just to feel hopeful that even though Sevy's down, Cole's looking shaky, Tyone's looking really shaky, he's stepping up. So I don't think it could go to anyone else but Herman. I thought for one second, Chapman because he's starting to look more like him, you know, generally mm -hmm. the way he was in his career. And that could be huge for this bullpen right now, but nah, it, he's got to show a lot more. So it's not there, not there yet. Yeah. It's Herman. It's Domingo on a Sunday. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Let's get to our preview. Our final segment for Yankees at Mariners, which is coming up in uh, a ballpark. We both visited separately though. T-Mobile park. Out in Seattle, beautiful, absolutely beautiful ballpark. Mm -hmm. uh, if you get a chance, uh, do not try the uh, chocolate covered grasshoppers. <laughs> like other people had, had given it a shot. Uh, it was did interesting. you? No, I did. I, I had a video. I posted it on our Facebook page last How year. How was it? It was interesting. I would love to see your reaction of, of eating them. I have no problem eating that. No, no, you would eat it. I just don't yeah. know if you would like it or not. Yeah. It's got a weird, it's a crunch. And then you should have like, got it for me. Why didn't you get it for me? You, you, see, you, you do these, you do these things all the time. Like, oh, I did this, and I was, I thought about you, and if you would try it, and I thought you would like it, I'm like, where is it? You know what I mean? All right, uh, so next thing. time, next time I'm in Seattle, or right, next time I'm in Seattle, yeah. I'll bring you back some chocolate covered. Same thing, on. same thing. When you were in LA that time, you're like, oh, Dodgers dogs are amazing. Like, oh, you, didn't you get had me a one. Dodger dog. Shut up. But you didn't get me one. And then you had your own. You were there the first time. I, went I to still LA. want another one though, and you didn't get it. And then the the worst is when you go to Chicago. Like, oh man, we had the deepest. You were there with me. 
doesn't matter. I still want it again. Doesn't mean because I had it. I don't want it anymore. Okay. Okay. And you could freeze things. You can send them now. They could do it overnight. All right, Jerry, this is what's going to happen. You were here last time. I'm going to, next time I order the Chicago pizza, I'm going to deliver it to the house. I'm going to invite you over. I'll throw yes. it in the oven. It won't be exactly like Chicago, like we're in Chicago, but it'll be close enough. Yeah. I just, Giordano's. Just stop doing it, though. Yeah. Giordano's right, to right, me right, is right, the right, best. Right, right. I just love their sauce. But just no, okay. more, no more like, oh, I love this. You should do it. And it's like, but you were there. Get, come on. <laughs> I'm here. Okay. So late night Yankees tomorrow night. Uh, 10 10 start. We got Jamison Tyone against Logan Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert's out no. 10, and, 10 and 4 with a 309 ERA against Jamison Tyone, who's 10 and 2, the 396 ERA. So Jamison Tyone needs to get back on track and get to that. Plus, like to see the Yankees go ahead and get back Seattle for their uh, two out of three last week. Uh, Tuesday night, though, another late night Yankees 10 10 start. Yep. Uh, Garrett Cole. But we did talk about a lot tonight versus Luis Castillo. So we got a pitching matchup, a rematch of last Wednesday's afternoon matinee. So we'll see how that goes on Tuesday yeah, night. Great and matchup. thankfully, Wednesday is a 4-10 start, a getaway <laughs> day, not late night Yankees. Uh, we got nasty Nestor Cortez, who's 9-3 and three with a 257 ERA, versus Robbie Ray, who is 8-8 eight eight with a 396 ERA. What, what nickname do you like more, Nasty Nestor or Nestor the Molester? Uh, I am going to go with Nasty Nestor. I you don't think like the, it's you definitely – like, No, not, not a fan of the Molester. He bothers people. Really? That's it That's it you think of? Yes. Yes. Like, minorly bothering. Yes. Like when you say things like, yeah, you're like, oh, God, like, you know, even in Spanish is a way like – I think Nestor Molester means like he's bothering people. Like, you know, like – it doesn't need to sound like, you know, the way people are trying to make it sound. You know, like Jim oh. Cott, Jim Cott said it, I think. And then, like, you know, the little backlash. apologized immediately. But if you look at a definition, I think it means you're, like, bothering. Like, you're, you know, oh, no you molesta, know no molesta. Means. Like, you know, like, don't bother me, you know. And it's like, now it's this whole thing, you know. I mean, if I if I had a, st a stash like that, I know you'd have a big problem with it. So, oh, you know, you, you listen – Maggie has has got on you about your mustache. I have made fun of you about your mustache. I know. It's, 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 it looks strange. Yeah. You're not Nestor. You can't pull it off the same way. All right, fine. Just... I'm not saying. Listen, I'm not saying it's the worst thing. And I don't even bother anybody. I'm not even a molester or you know or a nasty. I don't do any of that stuff. And and all of a sudden I can't have a mustache now for the rest of my life. So you live by a, you live by a park. That's not good. Yeah, I guess so. It's not fair though. But life's not fair. Listen, wow. it's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. Because, we need it to be a good week. Yes, because Cole Cole's going to come back. I have a good feeling about Cole on Tuesday. Tion has to pitch better. And, uh, you know, Nasty Nestor. Let's go. Let's keep doing, let's let's keep doing it up. Thing. Yeah. Let's get those 75 pitches in or whatever it might be. Let him go anyway. a little longer. But, well, either yeah. way, listen, biggest yeah. thing is hopefully they get Rizzo back because he's been dealing with the back spasms. Hopefully yeah. he's back one of the next two days. That's a big bat. And, and then, then your lovely uh, Stanton comes back in uh, Boston. Supposed to be back for Boston. That would be another big bat to get in the lineup. And then, and then we're rolling again. Yes. Jerry, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Giancarlo Stanton actually helps the Yankees win ballgames. Yes, I am. I'm aware. He's good. He's good Let, at it. Let's hope he can stay on the field. Let's hope that he doesn't run too hard. Let's hope he doesn't swing too hard. 
Let's hope people aren't flabbergasted by his 480-foot home run and think he's so great for it, which is a great feat. But at the same time, we need a little bit more to win the World Series. That's all. I know. And he's been yeah. excellent in the playoffs. So in his yeah, time so as far, the Yankees. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, not go into, let's not go into his lifetime stats and averages as a Yankee. Average, home runs, zombie. We don't want to go there because it's all here. It's all here. I'm sure. Yeah, sure and I don't want to talk about it. I don't like talking about it. I don't want to talk about it. But he would look good in a Dodger uniform. I mean, really good. I mean, I, blues I, is color. I mean, Dodger blues is color. I kind of like him in Yankee blue. Pinstripes. So you stick with him until, what, what is it, 2020 what? Whatever it is. Hey, well, guess oh, what? Whatever if, they, it is, yeah. if they win the 2022 World Series mm. and he's a part of it, yeah. then you'll zip it. Well, I said if he has a good World Series and like wins a game with a, with a home run – I'll have dinner with him. I don't think he wants to have dinner with you. No, I think he does. Lisa might fight you for that because she would want to have dinner with John Carlos. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm saying he he can maybe maybe the both of you could have dinner with John Carlos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Let Let's see if that fantasy becomes reality. Let's see. It would, yeah. it would be it would be fantastic. We'd have a let's see. All right, no more about Stanton, but you know whatever. All right. It All is right. What it is. Well, that pretty much does it for us tonight on this Sunday night. Uh, thanks for joining us as always. Jerry, thanks for, for filling in. Lisa, always great having you on the show. You know you're always welcome. Uh, Enjoy your vacation. Vacation yes. time. Yeah, she's on vacation, so yeah. great job with that. Uh, if you join us on Facebook and you like what you heard tonight, you can go ahead and join the uh, Empire 161 Show group on Facebook. You could also join... Wow. You can also join Pop Culture Pros as well, because that's who we're presented by. If you're joining us on uh, YouTube, subscribe and subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. And if you're joining us on Twitter, follow our Twitter account, at Empire161Show. We share lineups and highlights and all crazy stuff that is not able to make the show every week. Uh, if you're joining us on the audio-only version, subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. Um, we do have some people who are Met fans who do join us, so thank oh you for that. Oh, my God. Really? But, but also, well, thank you for them. Mario checks us out and stuff like that. So Mario. But check out the Put in the Book show with Farachi and Rodriguez and Keith. They cover the New York Mets as well. Uh, you guys hear bookmarks there? Uh, if you're into comic books and that's your jam, you can go ahead and check out Granny's Peach Tea with myself and Jason. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday afternoon talking about the latest episode of Harley Quinn, as well as the Netflix series The Sandman. So check that out. Uh, check out Pop Culture Bros for a bunch of cool stuff <laughs> that is on the network. Um, let's go Yankees. Let's get back on track. Take let's care go of Yankees. business in Seattle. Don't read this book. Boston. Don't read this book. The Where's Yankee the cover? Is. Where's the cover? I think I got mad and I ate it. That's my book. I think I ate the cover. Oh, Jesus. All right, yeah. enough of this. Right. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll see you next week, next Sunday night. Peace. All right. Go Yankees. Let's go Yankees. See you.